Hi, friends. Logan Clements here, one of your co-hosts with the Better Events Podcast. And this week's episode is a fun kind of crossover between our event deep dives and a guest episode. We are so thrilled to have Icy here from the Sit Down UK. He's going to break down everything from how focused he is on the guest experience and emphasizing why it really truly is an experience, what he looks for in venues, and just the overall structure of this very special event that he's been running for this past six years in the UK. So it is definitely worth a listen. There is something for you as an event planner, an event professional, or an event host to take away from Icy's experience. Before we jump into this interview, I do want to plug an upcoming webinar that Mary and I are both speaking at. This is with Expo Pass, and it's all about contingency planning and what to do when things go wrong. So if you are listening to this episode before Thursday, June 29th, which is the day of the webinar, you can still register to join us live at 1 p.m. Central. Or if you can't make it live, you'll be able to watch the recording afterward by registering. We are going to dive into all of our favorite things about backup plans and just the inevitable of what to do when things go wrong, because they do, and we want you to be better prepared to, for those challenges ahead. So we'd love to see you there at that webinar. You can ask us questions live, or again, catch the replay. Without further ado, let's get into Icy, our interview with Icy from the Sit Down UK. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another week of the Better Events Podcast. We are thrilled to be with you this week, and we are really excited for our guests that we have today as well. Um, but before we get into that, we just want to say celebration time because we are halfway through season three, which feels a little bit crazy. So, you know, we're going to have a handful of more episodes for the rest of the year, and then we're going into season four. So just thanks for sticking with us and excited to be halfway through season three. Logan, how are you feeling about that? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm so proud of us. And also, I feel like it's flying by and not all at the same time. But I wanted to call out that we were halfway through the year. <laughs> Important. We like milestones. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, I, we're going to save as much time for this interview as possible. This event deep dive that we're doing today Um going to introduce our guest Icy here with over 100 interviews under his belt with the likes of Mo Gilligan and Shola Ama from the past six years Icy has built a unique live Q&A experience from the ground up. Icy is passionate about telling people's stories and building connections through them. Wow all right Icy I know what else would you like to add to this wonderful introduction? I just love events I love events I love the connectivity of events and I think um, COVID really tested that and challenged that. But I think coming back after COVID, I just love it even more. So yeah, I'm a lover of events through and through. Well, you're in the right place. We're excited <laughs> to talk to all about events today. And um, we also like to do this little uh, point of why we chose our guests or why we chose the topic. And so just wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit before we get into the questions. Um, but as we said, we're super thrilled to have you today. We um, 
we've got so many questions for you. And so we'll just see what time we have and what we can get through. But today we're doing an event deep dive and um, you, you answered a question for us on our 100th episode, I believe about why you love events. And so thank you for participating in that. So listeners, if you listen to that episode, you may have heard Icy's voice before, and now he's back with us and we're excited to do a full episode with him. Uh, but you've been a, a kind supporter of the podcast for a little while and we really appreciate it. Um, and so from that time, we've been really intrigued about what you've been doing with your event, the Sit Down UK. And so to be able to deep dive in it today is something that we're really looking forward to. And we hope listeners are as well. And so thank you again for being here. And we'll just kind of start off with some of our questions. And we love to start at the beginning, kind of set the stage for people. Um, so we'd love to learn about you. Tell us about you and how you ended up where you are with the Sit Down UK. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, thank you for like inviting me and a massive fan of the podcast because there's so much you lot talk about that just helps me to take it and apply it to, you know, to the sit down. But um, me, I come from a musical background. I used to do music, um, a rapper, as rap, a rapper over here, was able to release my debut album. And being an independent rapper, oh my gosh, you're your own stylist, you're your own booker, you're your own marketing and you're your own event organizer. And so I would have to, whenever I was releasing a project, think of, right, how are we gonna do the launch? How am I gonna do the headline show? So it would be me involved in creating the concept for it, contacting venues, arranging you know, support acts, DJs, everything. And so during the latter part of 2000, no, early part of 2017, I was having a conversation with a friend and they were, they're quite publicly known. And so behind the scenes, they were talking about struggles they were going through, uh, the struggles with the music industry, the issues that were arising. And I just thought, what? But your, your Instagram looks popping. It looks amazing. Like everything looks great. Like how, how is it? How is it that this can be happening behind the scenes, but nobody really know about it? And so I really thought to myself, I love events. What if I could create an event whereby people like this, people who people know and quite you know might admire from afar, what if they could come to a nice in-person safe space and share it, share the ups, share the downs, share the journey, share everything in between, and people could actually ask their own questions. And so I ran it by my friend, and she said, "You know what? Go for it." Ran it by my wife. She said, "Go for it," but I was still scared. And I was thinking, I've never done anything like this before. I'm a rapper, but I'm not a host. I'm not a presenter, and I'm surely not an interviewer. But I went ahead with it. Six years later, we are still here asking questions. And so that's how I came to doing the sit-down. It's a passion project for me, uh, the ability to connect with people through stories. I love people's stories. You can sit down with someone uh, for 10 minutes, and they can unravel their whole life story and it's going to be so different from the person next to them so i love stories and so that is what the sit down is about telling people's life stories just so that others can connect with it and be empowered and inspired that is amazing i feel like i see by being your your independent rapper career sounds like you're a true <laughs> entrepreneur so it set you up for then this new entrepreneurial well i guess not new if you've been doing it for six years but you know you have that kind of spirit in you that enjoys kind of wearing multiple hats but 
you've kind of alluded a little bit about what the <laughs> sit down UK is, but do you mind kind of painting a picture of what the event is like the audience and what makes it so special that you've been doing yeah. it for so long? Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's my baby first and foremost, but it's a live Q and A event. And so if you imagine Oprah sitting down with a guest and unpacking their story, we're just doing that in a small intimate way with an audience that gets to ask their questions as well. So normally people, whoever you follow or you might admire, you can only get to the comment section on Instagram. You can only get to a DM, maybe and ask a question, but to be able to be in the same room as that person, for them to hear their story, uncover that story and it's all its guts and glory. And then you be able to ask for questions. That's what we're trying to curate and make it an experience. Uh, we don't record it all. So we'll record snippets of it, but we don't record it and upload it onto YouTube because you have to come to the experience. You've got to be there. I don't want people to be sitting at home with their popcorn and Oreos and just watching it. Oh, that was great. No, 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 no. You've got to be in the room. And we had someone, we had a sit down with a gentleman called JME. He's an independent artist um, over here in the UK. And he had somebody fly all the way from Miami to come to the event. And I said to the guy, you surely didn't come here all the way to the UK just to come to this event. And he said, I did, I had to be there. So if you can come from Miami, you can come from <laughs> around, the, around the way. So that's how we try and make it different. It's very, it, it's something that gives people intimate access to the people that they admire, people that they look up to, people with empowering and inspiring stories. And we're just gathering to curate that conversation. Um, and just be empowered, be inspired, man. That's awesome. I know that this is something that we've heard a lot. People saying you you do need to be there, or there there is a a space where people can be more open if they know that all their remarks aren't even going to be recorded, and so they so, can really ask questions and and get deep. And I think this is really interesting. We're interested by the idea of these conversations that are taking place at the event. And so, how does the audience typically interact? And then also, how do you create the safe space? How do people feel like they can ask these questions when they come? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, we try and do that from the outset. So immediately, immediately from when you purchase a ticket, the idea is that the experience starts from then. So typically what might happen as an event organizer is we'll get all the sales and you've collected all the information from the ticket holders, and then you might put it through a funnel system like Flowdesk or MailChimp, and you mail out to the people, hey, thank you for buying your ticket, we're looking forward to you coming. And I started to use that system, but I changed it because I felt I wanted to create the experience from the top down, from the, from the outset, so that by the time you got there, you did feel comfortable enough to speak and to ask questions. So I got rid of MailChimp, I got rid of Flowdesk, I now do the most laborious thing, which is I go through all the tickets, I get the email, throw them into Gmail contacts, group them, and then I actually email everybody like personally. And so they have my actual sit down email. So from the time you've bought your tickets, I will email you and say, you know what, thank you. Thank you, for, because it's a privilege for people to part with their money and come to your event. Oh my gosh. It's, what it's crazy so we really treat them in that way that you know what thank you for coming thank you for purchasing your ticket to this experience and i want you to know 
we've got you. If you're coming on your own, if you're coming with somebody, it doesn't matter. You're part of our family now. And so the idea is that by the time they come, they know everything. So we have a all you need um, pitch deck. And in that is everything you need to know about this event. What time? Dress code. The menu of the actual venue. The venue has a menu. Where's where's the best place to park that is going to be the cheapest for you? Um, the topics we're going to talk about. We actually put the schedule in there so the exact timings. This is when the main conversation is going to happen. This is the break. This is when the doors open, but this is also when it starts. That for us, it forces us to stick to time. All this is so what that by the time you cross that door into our venue, into our event, you feel like you've been with us. You already know who me. So when I meet people, I'm like, I probably emailed you. And they're like, yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Because for them, they always say that it kept them up to date. They knew everything about the event. They had no questions. By the time they sit down and it's audience Q&A, people are raising their hands because they always already feel part of uh, that process. So that's how we try and create that atmosphere. We let them know that you're as much a part of this event as we are. You are even more important and valued than if you've ever been before, I want you to feel as important and as valued here. And that's what we found people feel when they leave. Uh, yeah. I am like, I'm just, wow. That That is very a very cool approach. It feels like it's so simple, but so powerful. <laughs> and so many event organizers, I don't even think would ever have that thought that it is something like you're building that personal connection that then puts them in that mindset when they're in the room that they're already there versus trying to build it from when they get like, that is yeah. some secret sauce listeners. I feel like <laughs> that for, for later. Um, and I feel like you have a lot of cool little touch points at your events. Um, I feel like you've told us there's like prizes, interactive drawings. Um, and you said some clips you put out on the internet from it, but not the full recording. Like, how do you, how does that part come together? It sounds like you prime people before they get in the room. And then where does that kind of interactive piece come from? Yeah. So the audience interaction is, is so important to us because we, as the team as well, we really try and place ourselves in the role of the audience. So when I go to events, I try and think, okay, if the doors open at 6.30, but the event starts at 7.15, what am I doing in between that time? How do I feel? What are the emotions that go through my head oh I'm hungry uh is it too hot in here I'm bored how do I connect with somebody in here and so all these different add-on features that we have are to experience it as the guest coming and we've realized that, okay we need to put something here we need to put something here we need to make sure we keep them engaged from the time that they come to the time uh, that they leave so we have all these things we have the slider questions and so in the beginning just to as an icebreaker, rather than saying, hey, let's have an icebreaker, <laughs> because people's eyes just roll at that word, we just say, hey, we want to know who's in the room. What type of people do we have in the room? And so on the screen, people you know, do the QR code. And it's silly things. How do you make your tea? Do you make it milk first, then tea bag, then water? And we get to see what people, you know, what people think. Um, and then we have raffles. And so people get a raffle ticket, everybody. You don't, you don't pay for the raffle ticket, you get it automatically. Um, and that puts you in to a raffle and you get to win free tickets to the, any event in the year, any of our events, you don't need to come to the next one. Um, and then we collaborate with nearby organizations, whether it's restaurants, 
whether or we buy it ourselves. Sometimes we will buy a trip to a five-star restaurant and we'll give it to them because it's all about valuing them and letting you know that, look, I know you only paid this amount, but we're going to give you more. We're going to give you more than you expected. Uh, there's quote cards. And so when I interview the guests, I interview the guests for about 55 minutes. Rather than the guests just sitting, rather than the audience just sitting there just thinking, oh, okay, this is an interesting conversation, they are involved. We have envelopes that we give out randomly to people. And when I say the number, they have to open up the envelope and read what is in the envelope. And these envelopes are quotes from the guests. It can be tweets that they've probably forgotten about from 2003. It can be interview quotes. It can be something that they said on a podcast. It feeds into the topic that we're going to talk about. And they are the pivot points. So if I'm talking about family, the quote will, really, will be linked to family. And I hand it to the audience. They read it out to us. So it's all about them just feeling like I wasn't just a participant, but I was fully, fully involved in this. So, yeah, that's how we just try and just try and get them involved. It's important. That's amazing. We love those ideas of of even like surprise and delight and just surprising people when they I think that sounds so fun. And then as I'm thinking through this too, from, you know, like an event producer perspective, I'm like, this is amazing. Also, wow, what a lot of work it is to kind of curate <laughs> those pieces. So how, how often are you doing these events and what does that look like? Oh my gosh. Like, so we do our events every two months. Um, and, uh, you know, someone suggested, oh, you should do one every month. I'm like, look, <laughs> if you knew what it takes to do one event, how are we doing it? One, I have to salute the team that I have. The team I have is about, about 10 to 12 of us, some made up of my own family members, so brothers and sisters, my wife, um, pardon me, some made up of um, just people who came along and said, I believe in what you're doing. How can I help? Okay. Now, this team is the reason why that atmosphere is created on the day. It's the reason why people come on their own. Now, typically, if you're buying a, a ticket for an event, the biggest hurdle is um, that feeling of isolation. Me, I'm gonna come on, I'm gonna come all the way on my own and sit in this place on my own? I'd rather not. But the reason we get repeat custom of individual tickets is thankfully my team create this environment. While I'm on stage doing all the theatrics and interviewing the guests, they are making the people feel welcome. They are putting out all the, they're making sure that, you know, all the uh, quote cards are in the right place and that the uh, administration, the, sorry, the admission sequence is as quick and as easy as possible, that people know where to go to the toilet. People know if they want a refreshment, where to go, etc. So one way I do that is the team. Um, but then secondly, it's just the people. I do a, I do a lot before the actual event. So I create the flyer, I do all the marketing, I do all the promotion, I reach out to get the guests, I reach out to get the venue. And sometimes I'm asking, my, I've got a nine to five job. I just literally came today from an interview. I'm looking for a new job. So I'm a father. 
I'm a husband. So balancing all this is difficult, but what drives me to do it is the people. Our motto, our team motto is for the people. As soon as those people come through our door, we are here to serve them to the highest level. And so when I'm at home, it's midnight and I'm doing the final touches on the flyer, what's driving me? The people, that they can come, have an experience that they feel uplifted and empowered, and then they go and they take that into their own life. So that's what drives it. That's how it actually happens is the team, but also my own, a bit, that's my personal internal drive to like serve the people, you know. I feel like that's, it's very aspirational for other organizations, but it sounds, I mean, it's so authentic when you say it of just being so people focused and putting yourself in the audience's shoes, what were your Mm. needs and your wants and, and making sure that they're taken care of. Uh, But just my logistical brain is, is just is worrying right now of just wanting to know, how do you select your venue? Do you normally go to the same places? Do you try to find a new place each time? The sigh makes me seem like it might be a complicated question. (laughs) one of the oh my gosh I guess this is my pain point at the moment venue I guess the dream for anybody that has a brand event is your home having your home we don't have a home we're homeless we don't have a home we are just coasting and sleeping on event sofas constantly and so what I've found is that we have to the venue has to fit into the experience it has to fit into the experience and so there are some venues I would find um, and here's I guess here's a tip you know and I do this thing called reconnaissance I do reconnaissance for for venues when I'm looking for a venue one place I always look is Eventbrite and so I will go to Eventbrite uh, go for the search and do the filter whereby I'm looking for events similar to my own and I'm looking for okay what event what venue did they use? I go onto the website, look through the venue. Once I find a venue I'm maybe sure of, I then have to go and experience it in different iterations. So I need to go onto your Instagram. Hopefully you have an Instagram. And I need to find, I go to the stories part because I want to see what does it actually look like, again, from the viewpoint of a person who is there. So whether it's people that have been there before and they're just looking at, you know, they've had a seminar and they've tagged their event um, or, you know, you know, whatever event they're at. And they're, but I need them to be in the venue and I need to see it in its different formats. I need to go on the website and see what you've posted in terms of, you know, your polished pictures. Um, then I actually need to go to the venue. And I like to go to the venue in two ways. One, as, a, as an event manager, but an event organizer, but also as a guest. And so I would check, okay, what events do you have going, have coming up? And I'll pick an event and I'll go to that event because I need to experience it not only when it's bare and naked and nothing is happening. I need to see what is the fullness that this event um, can provide. And then I've got to do my own reconnaissance and I've got to see, you know, things like how far is the bar from the stage? Because if the bar is too close to the stage, the distraction of the bar so the, the, the hustle and bustle of the bar is going to distract from what's happening on the stage. Where's the toilet? Is the toilet to the front or is it to the back? Because if it's to the front, then constantly we're going to have people coming out from their seats, going past the stage and to the toilet. There's going to be like a steady flow, which is going to interrupt the person who is watching. Does this venue have elevation? 
stage elevation because when everything is on the same level you have people doing this moving their heads to the left to the right oh i can't see you clearly oh he's speaking uh well, now the guest is speaking and you've got this swiveling happening in the audience which again massive distraction i need the venue to have a screen projection because a lot of what we're doing um the slido questions one thing that we do is as i'm taking you through the journey of this person's life we have images we have images that i scour the internet the childhood images you know them as a baby because it's got to be a multimedia sensory that's happening through the night whether it's music visuals talking whatever it might be so this hunt for the perfect venue has been difficult and literally this week tomorrow i'm about to go and see a venue uh, because someone pulled out we we're going to use a place and because of whatever reason they increased the cost to like crazy amount so now i'm on the hunt i on the hunt for the perfect venue for our event in august uh, at the moment so yeah it's 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 a juggling act but it's a long process because i need to find the right venue for the experience it's a long-winded way <laughs> no i actually think i've learned a lot from what you just said because sometimes to me it feels more like a like a checklist but it's all about creating that experience and i think that's what all of this has to do with what you've been saying it's it's not just it's not just an event it is an experience and so you <laughs> need to create a venue and think through even those little things that you're talking about that could deter from that experience and so i think that's super true and and really interesting also i'm just curious and forgive me if you said this already but typically the events are like people are coming and, and like sitting but it's not like a table it's like more of a comfortable like seating situation yeah, right yeah definitely definitely That's so awesome. like theater, typically theater style and yeah. even that is so important because well, I, can, I can go to an event and or a venue for example and all of the tick boxes are correct but the chair is one of those plastic hard chairs <laughs> and that would make me have to ask the venue manager do you have other chairs because someone's sitting in that seat for 55 minutes if they're conscious they're sitting in a seat, then we have an issue because they start moving, they start shuffling, they want to move their legs. And again, now we've got, uh, you know, distractions from the conversation. So people need to feel as comfortable you know, as possible. And those elements matter. Yeah, from the video the clips, I've, it definitely seems comfortable. I'm like, oh, that looks nice. <laughs> so love to hear that. And then, you know, as we're talking through the attendee experience, with the content and the speakers that you have, what do you hope that attendees leave the event, like either feeling or doing differently or just feeling inspired by? Mm. I love that question because we've literally just changed, recently we've changed uh, one of the questions that we feature in our feedback. Feedback is, as you know, is just, is key, it's so important. And so we asked them, how did you feel leaving the event today? how did you feel like what did, what did it what state did it leave you in and what we've seen over the last two events is that people are saying that they are leaving uplifted empowered and inspired and that's the actual thing we want when we pick the guest the guest doesn't have to be a superstar it doesn't have to be a household name the person just has to have a story that can empower and can inspire because we want our guests to come and feel that and uplifted is 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 very important to us because you know people are coming to events 
events for some people are escapism from what they're going through, the crazy world that we're living in and the crazy things that people are carrying on their weights. And so we literally pray that as soon as people cross through that door into our event, that they, they drop their shoulders. People don't realize their shoulders are like this, like 12 hours a day. But we want them to come and they drop their shoulders and that they feel lighter. And for the next four or five hours, leave everything to the side. And so when you leave, you just feel lighter. And people have been saying that. And that's when it's late night and I'm trying to figure out how to get the logo to turn black. And I'm so tired and my bags are showing that there is what is empowering me and inspiring me to keep going, that someone can come going through a difficult time, but leave feeling uplifted and inspired. So that is driving us. That is, that's everything to us, that people are coming, leaving inspired, leaving uplifted, and encouraged to go and do what they do in their own corner. I think you touched on, I mean, it's always nice to have that why and that people focused, why it's an experience, not an event, but you alluded to a little bit about the venue being challenging, but like, what is the most challenging thing about hosting these events? (laughs) Oh my gosh. What is the most challenging thing? You know what? People don't talk about, um, especially if you're the person who does event organization, but also hosts and present. People don't talk about the drain on your personality. I am, I'm an introvert. I'm actually an introvert. I'm an introvert, but I do extrovert things. Hence why I did music. But I'm an, in, like naturally, oh my days, I'm an introvert. So the drain on my personality and mental is incredible because by the time I get to the venue, we've done all the prep, pre-prep. Now we're at the venue. I've got to wind myself up because I'm about to go on stage. I'm about to hold this thing in my hands and hold a conversation for 55 minutes and take you for each point. So by the time I get to the end of the event, I am, I'm exhausted. I'm the most quietest after the event. So people are like, oh, how was it? You know, well done. I'm like, thank you. Because I'm just in awe and in shock that we actually have pulled this off. So one of the greatest challenges sometimes is battling or, or balancing my personality with what I do. Secondly, it's the burden of ambition. Oh my days. The burden of ambition, wanting to do so much so quickly and achieve so much so quickly, but knowing that you actually have to be patient, knowing that you actually don't have the resources, knowing that you might not have the time to execute this podcast plan that you want to do or this summer event you want to do. And so it's having to be patient with myself and realize, you know, yes, it's six years in, but you're still building. Chill, relax, we'll get there. And then I think the last one's got to be quite common for a lot of people is capital, having money, wicked, 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 money. Oh my gosh money money to do things of your you know that you know that can help progress it further you know so you know through my team members they will say we should do a summer event and i'm like i know how much is that going to cost <laughs> where's the money coming from even my event manager she was sending me some venues i said what's the what's the cost in that venue she goes i'm not sure i'm just sending it to you i was thinking well you need to send me the price with that <laughs> 
because things cost money. So I've had to, after the last event, really just look at, okay, how the passion is great and the desire to help people, amazing, mm, great. How are we making money from this? And if we're not making money from this, where can we acquire money from this? Sponsorships, angel investors, how are we going to keep funding this? So this is, I think, one of the main uh, parts we're looking at at the moment is, okay, look, how do we make this thing work financially? Because I self-fund this. Six years I've been self-funding this. Six years of my little nine-to-five paycheck and trying to make things work. But I have to succumb to the understanding that, you know what, I need capital. And it's a challenge when you don't have that to be able to maneuver and pivot how you want to. So, yeah, I say those three things. Yeah, and I mean that—that's the reality of events. And we were—we were thinking through that too. Like it, that is the reality. Is where is this coming from, and and for the future? So I appreciate you being open about that because it's true. And I think a lot of people experience this when they're trying to create their own events. Yeah. Um, and then, so kind of along with this, you kind of were alluding to what what you're thinking about for the future. So with the future in mind for the, the sit down UK, what, how, what does that look like? And how does, how does it align with what like the event industry is doing right now? Or maybe it's better than what the event industry is doing right now. <laughs> what do you see for the future? If you can get the funding, what does the future look like? Yeah, I, I think like one thing I'm happy that we did was some people, when we started off, some people were saying, oh, do you have a podcast? You should start a podcast. Now, we opted to do live events first because I wanted to build a physical audience first so that no matter what, the physical audience would always be there. COVID came and that was a massive shakeup, but it showed me that the people are there, but just in a different format. And so I think one of the things we really want to focus on next is being a content creator, creating content from our events, not necessarily recording an event and converting it, but kind of just creating creating content that is surrounding our event, creating content that is aligned with our event. So one thing I want to do is something called um, One Question Only, where we take, whether it's people from our audience or volunteers, and we ask them one question only, and we have a series of people answering that question. For example, what is one event in your life that shaped your perspective, whether positively or negatively? I'd love to find out. I'd love to ask, like, a series of six people and delve into that story. Um, you know, what is one of your biggest regrets? Six people telling me and unveiling that story. Oh boy, oh, I'm shaking. <laughs> I'd love to, I'd love to create content again that is aligned to what we do, what people can, you know, feed into and come to our events. But then also I'd love to diversify our event portfolio. So um, at the moment we do one-to-one guests. I sit down with a guest unpack their story but I want us to morph into discussion events and whereby there's a topic we bring and it's the audience that are actually guiding it you know so we talk about parenting what is it like to be a parent in 2023 what is your experience like and people are learning from each other you know and learning from people's experiences um, and then we want to do a summer event an event where we're not even talking <laughs> where it's not heavy, heavy, heavy. We might have a light chit chat, then we go up to the roof bar and we just party away. So I feel those are the kind of the two areas where I see 
uh, in relation to like the event industry where events are diversifying the range of things that they offer people so it's not just a one come to your event and that's it you forget about it but you're able to come to the event plug into something on youtube and then plug into like a mixer and a networking event but it's all from the same brand and i think people are realizing they have to do more than just events you know merch and all these type of things books we're going to start a masterclass soon so that we're passing on um, the information all this information that we're learning all these experiences they have to go to someone else we can't just swallow them and eat them for ourselves throw it out to other people and let them learn from it so it's hard because like i said the challenge is the burden of ambition you want to do all these things but timing is a factor resources are a factor and money are, are a factor so, but we'll get there it sounds like you have a lot of very exciting things and we could keep talking to you, I feel like, for, for hours at this point. Um, but I see, is there anything else that you'd like to add for our listeners before we wrap up today? Uh, three things. I actually wrote this down. Three things. One, your team will take you there. Your team will take you there. If you can acquire the right team and assemble the right team, they will take you where you want to go. You know, and and heart is important. Do they know the heart of what you're doing? Because if they do, they will beat the same way and they'll take you there. Secondly, no one cares about your event. Not one person cares. It's not their responsibility to care. It's our responsibility to make them care. We've got to create experiences. We've got to um, add new features to our events, our marketing. We've got to put a spin on that, whatever it takes. We've got to make people care because no one cares. Everyone's got their own life to live. We've got to make them care. And then finally, I would just say focus on creating um, experiences for people and not an event. An event just comes and go, but goes. But an experience, people will not forget how you made them feel. So focus on creating that experience and it will outlive your event forever. So, yeah. Thank you so much. I'm I'm like writing notes. <laughs> I learned a lot from our conversation today. And so we certainly hope the listeners have as well. So just thank you so much, truly, for taking the time. We have a, we have a big time zone difference. So we appreciate you being no here. Worries at all. No worries at all. Yeah. So thank you again. And keep us posted on your journey. Um, and we hope to chat with you again soon. No problem. Too. Thank you so much for what you're doing. And please keep doing it. And I see before we let you go, where can listeners find you? You'll find us on Instagram at the Sit Down UK. That's T H E Sit Down UK. Uh, but also check out our YouTube. We have over eighty-eight interviews there. Eighty-eight interviews in lockdown that we did, um, and that's on YouTube.com, the Sit Down UK, or just go to our website www.thesitdownuk.com. Amazing! Thank you so much, Icy. Thank you. Take care. <laughs> And that brings us to our bonus tip this week, which Mary, you have our bonus tip. Wonderful. Yes, I do. So as you all know, sometimes our bonus tips are related. Sometimes they're not related. But today is just kind of a, a tip that I've experienced personally. I did not know this was a thing, but at least on iPhones, not sure about Androids, you can set app limits. Um, so like an amount of time that you spend on an app. So I started doing this with Instagram and Facebook, and it has been like life changing for me. Don't don't judge me, but I, I set it to an hour and a half. <laughs> 
each day and I definitely have been hitting the limit, but I I've had so much time on my hands. Like I started picking up these weird hobbies around my house and I'm like, is this what it feels like to have time? So I've just been more productive with the time I've been spending on Instagram and I've actually really enjoyed it. So that's a pro tip for you today is set app limits on your phone. If you feel like that will also help you. There you go. Thank you, Mary. Yes, please. Anything that can save us time or give us back time from, from some of the mindless scrolling. Um, but that brings us to the end of our episode. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Better Events Pod. You can send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com or submit your questions via the link in the show notes. You can also visit our website at bettereventspod.com. And a couple of you have been doing this, so I'll keep shouting it out, but please connect with Mary and I directly on LinkedIn. We love hearing from you. Seriously, thank you so much. And as always, we appreciate you for listening and we'll be back in your feeds again next Wednesday. Bye, guys. Bye.